Hey, folks, Mark Scroggins and Ronna Cutting back for uh, number two, talking about different things on how do we get through, you know, a divorce and, and things of that sort. So one of the things um, I think a lot of folks don't really have good coping mechanisms, you know, and uh, and it's easy to kind of get blinded by, you know, being pissed off at the other person. And the problem is. You know, as as it was explained to me, when you have when somebody rages or gets really mad, um, there's actual a chemical reaction to it. And yes. It's releasing all these chemicals into the body, and it generally takes about three days for all of that shit to completely dissipate and go by the way. And um, as someone that can um, have a little bit of a temper, um, although it has been under control pretty much <laughs> most of the time, um, that's sucks because I mean, it's like immediately going into a depression after that. So instead of allowing yourself to get built up and focused on all these other things, how do we, how would you suggest one manages some of these different things that we run into during divorce? Like, you know, stress gets incredibly high when I get stressed. I mean, I've got neck and shoulder issues anyway, but my shoulders, I mean, it's like this, you your know, body just wears yeah, it. it tenses, it tenses up. I mean, so how would you suggest somebody deals with stress? What are good things to do well, uh, to deal with that? I think obviously there's all the cliche things of, you know, you take a walk, you take a nap, you read a book, you call a friend, all right. those kinds of things. But those were things that you probably did when you were married to deal with your stress. Well, now that your stress is on a PhD level right. because of the divorce, you're going to have to step up and get some PhD level coping skills. Right. One of those is being aware that that stress, that loneliness, those emotions are all, I hate the word normal because it's just a setting on your dryer, but they're all uh, good because that's your body's way of kind of sweating. Right. And your, your emotions are sweating. And to be able to acknowledge, hey, I know I tend to get angry or to get uh, snippy or whatever it is. And then to be able to step back and say, okay, now what am I going to do with that? Because a lot of times I think people say, oh, okay, the emotion is, it's terrible. It's anger. It's rage. I I can't, I don't want to do that. So they just step backwards and don't do anything. Right. Rather than one of the things is, do you have a pretty good group of same-sex friends? Right. That you can call and download to, not who are going to jump on the bash the other party bandwagon, right. but somebody who's going to listen to you and give you some really insightful feedback if, if you're at a place for it. Um, but then to do some of the other things that you did before when you were stressed, maybe on a larger scale. Um, maybe you take, instead of an afternoon for yourself, you figure out a way to take like a weekend for yourself. Mm-hmm. And be intentional about that time. Are you journaling? Are you reading something that's healthy? Not like, how do I kill my kid's father? <laughs> but, you know, so what can I work on for me that's right. going to help me? So I think those are some some skills that if, if you are intentional about them that and say, okay, well, I didn't do that very well this time. I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do that. And then you do it tomorrow. Right. I think that's how. Okay. You know, one other thing that I see that um, seems to me that a lot of times, uh, and this isn't just in divorce, but uh, in relationships, it seems sometimes, and I don't know how this viewpoint 
got there. But some people seem to have this viewpoint that, you know, kids should never see parents mad or upset or anything like this. And so it's like they want to sanitize things for their kids, which I think is incredibly unhealthy because it gives an unrealistic view of what life is. Um, so knowing that those emotions are going to be running higher, how do you deal with that when you've got your kids with you? I mean, so what are good things to do to uh, protect yourself, to protect your child from not, um, you know, unintentionally downloading a lot of your stress on them because they're little sponges. Yeah, they are. You know, that will soak all that shit up. And I don't mean just the two-year-old, but the 16- and 17-year-old will too. Right. I think you don't hide your emotions from your children. Right. You let them see mom's mad, mom's sad, mom's disappointed, whatever. But you don't download, you don't talk about why mom's mad or sad or disappointed or whatever in any kind of detail. I don't care what their age is. I don't right. think that's appropriate. And then you let them see what you do to work through that so that they know mom or dad has the coping skills to get mad or sad or disappointed. And they deal with it in a healthy way. And then so I saw my mom get mad. She told me she was mad. She, this is what she's doing to work through it. And now I see she's, she's okay now. Right. So that the kids know mom's going to be okay. It's okay for dad to be sad about this or very, very mad about this. You may not, as the child, know what the circumstances are, and I don't think you should. But I think you should definitely be able to see your parents have painful emotions and then what they do to work through those. Let's talk about another area with that, because one of the things, so, so most of the big counties, you know, have standing orders. And one of, the, one of the parts of those standing orders is don't talk about the litigation with the kids, okay? That's great up to <laughs> a certain age, and then it's bullshit. I mean, really. I mean, it needs to be defined better. I mean, because people can be held in contempt. There's some serious ramifications about that, but we also need to treat the kids uh, in a more intelligent way than just you know, give them the Heisman and act like uh, you're not entitled to this information, Billy. You know, uh, they don't need all the, the, you know, down and dirty. I think it would be better for them if they had a little bit more information than don't communicate. Right. And it's interesting. You talk about the county standing orders. I actually recently went to each of the county's websites and did an evaluation of the standing orders and how they compare to each other. And, of course, uh, there's a couple counties that are much more generic in what they say about what a parent can say or do because mm-hmm. of the um, prohibited speech. Anti-slap. Yes, yeah. thank you. Um, but I think kids need to know, okay, we are getting a divorce. There have been a lot of challenges. That kids may have seen them. They may not have seen them. Right. But – don't tell your child, I don't care if they're 15, well, dad had an affair, and that's why I'm, I'm moving out, and I can't stand it. The child doesn't need to know then if the, if the dad has had an affair. Now, if the child catches them or gets wind on their own, that's one thing. If they come to you and say, hey, I saw dad's phone, and he was talking to whoever, um, is he having an affair? Wow. What do you do with that? Yeah, that's a great question. It's You say... You know what? 
I really am not comfortable discussing your father and that type of situation with you. If you want to ask your father about that. That seems dangerous, too. It, depending on the situation, yes. Right. But I, I don't feel like it's good for the whoever they came to to say, you're right, they are. Well, and I, I completely agree with that. Let me ask, so here's where I think another problem lies. Um, so many of us have a difficult time with setting boundaries to begin with. Um, and especially with children, um, there seems to be, you know what, I shouldn't say there seems to be. I will say that I can struggle with this, where if my daughter asks me something, um, I've gotten a lot better about it now, where I don't feel I need to do that, or my mother asks me a question, I'll be like, yeah, I'm not going to talk about that with you. Thanks for uh, asking. Yeah, thanks, but no, <laughs> not happening. Um, however, you know, before I did some work in that area, mm-hmm. um, it was very difficult not to be... I want to say difficult not to be truthful. It was it was difficult not to provide an answer um, and more of an answer than was necessary. And so I think I think a lot of people in general struggle with that and don't understand that it's okay and actually healthy not to provide um, much detail on something and don't understand that it's okay to say I'm not comfortable like what you said. Um, so how do you how do you go about developing? that skill set? Well, one of the things is, if I had a nickel for every parent who came to me and said, well, of course I told Sally that, uh, you know, her mother ran off because I'm not going to lie to her. Right. And I said, well, did you share any of the things that you did to contribute to the mess? Um, Because I'm sure there were a lot. But just because you're not, Telling your children everything doesn't mean you're lying to them. Right. And you say, you know, that's really adult stuff. Even if your child is 15, 16, 17, that's really our marital adult stuff. Right. And I'm not comfortable sharing that with you. Right. I may someday. I may not someday. You may never need that information. And that's a bitter pill for some parents to swallow. I think especially the wronged spouse, it's difficult for them to swallow because they want those kids to know what that other parent did right down to the every single thing. And it's like, no. Yeah. Just say, no, I'm not going to share that with you. Yeah, it's all about shaming. It, perfect word. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> How can I put that other parent in the worst light because of all they've done to me? That's right. Love me. Don't love the other parent. Let me tell you what a sack of shit your mom is and what she did. And (laughs) Yes. And those kids are never going to see that other parent through your eyes, nor should they. And they're never going to see you through the other parent's eyes. So that's the, that's the other, that's the thing that I think people don't really get is that they don't understand that when you are dog cussing, you know, the other parent that you are in, in effect, dog cussing that kid because that kid recognizes that that's part of me. I use the, uh, the example quite often that since we're, we are all half of our mom and half of our dad, right. if my dad's a jackass and my mom's a, a no good, yeah. what does that make me? I have no possibility of ever developing any kind of value because I'm he's a, a jackass and she's a no good. Yeah, I'm a no good jackass. That's right. You know? <laughs> Not to say that that isn't a 
correct sometimes. So, sometimes, <laughs> yes, but we don't have to like put it out That's there. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, you know, another um, another area that I find that it is easy to slip off into is one of loneliness and uh, isolation because I think um, – I know that I have uh, at times lost track of friends uh, just because life happens, you know, life happens and it gets busy. And so it becomes very much your little core unit. So what would you tell people on what to do with, you know, rebuilding that friend set and not getting captivated by the loneliness and isolation that can so easily come? Well, this may sound a little old fashioned, but I would encourage people if you are not already in a new relationship hold off on yeah. a new relationship. And I'll go back to what I said about the uh, circle of some same-sex friends because that is something that if you didn't develop it or maintain it when you were married, you desperately need it now. Otherwise, you could end up very quickly in another relationship. It's just rinse, repeat, vomit, however that whole right. saying goes. Yep. And you need to... Um, be around people who know you, love you, and same sex, but you're not going to be right that minute off into a new relationship for Mr. Right now. Exactly. Exactly. I think that is great advice because that's the easiest thing to do. I will distract by getting involved with the next victim. Yeah, so <laughs> that's exactly what it all is. All right, folks, thank you uh, for listening to this. We're going to come back and try to talk a little bit about how do you get to a point where you love your kiddo more than you hate that other no good SOB that you just divorced. Talk to you soon.